Welcome to Podcast This Escape, a show in which we podcast about the escape that we just performed from last week's podcast. I hope that makes some kind of sense. (laughs) It's our debrief, it's our talking dead, it's our... There are other shows that do that, right? Yeah, but it's just talking bad. It was the same concept. Oh, yeah. Uh, So this is just our chat. So we're going to debrief about the episode that you listened to last week. Uh, We've just recorded that mere seconds ago, so we're fresh, even if you're a week behind, losers. You're not losers. You're wonderful people. Uh, Lee Faye and Dave. Lee Faye, congratulations. You got out of the room. I I was so convinced you were going to kill us off. Yeah, I did not (laughs) like that room. I said... I was saying to Dave before, I think this is payback for the rooms that we put you guys through. <laughs> uh, it was a little bit creepy. You did seem a bit scared throughout I the just throughout put the play. you in a crashing, self-driving, flipping car. I've playtested this. So I playtested the room beforehand, and even I was convinced you were going to die in that car crash <laughs> so we I know, could get right? rid of you. It was crazy. Although we did get to do that thing where you go up and drive on two wheels. So to me, that that just makes the whole thing awesome. Exactly. Yeah, life Thank goal you. Achieved. You saw what I was coming from. I did feel cool while being petrified and wondering why I hadn't put um, my, uh, my safety belt on. Yes. <laughs> yes. Look at you giving advice. You're very clear about how to brake during a collision, but you're still telling kids not to wear their seatbelts and to sit in the boots of cars. And to drink champagne. And to drink champagne, then drive. Terrible. I wasn't uh, driving when so I was trying was... to drink the champagne, just, <laughs> just so true. you know. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, you guys did really well. You got a lot of stuff really quickly. Uh, and, and I had just played this room recently, so I, I have a, an idea of, of where how long it took me as well. Was there anything, uh, Danny, that you, that you think the, 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 that Dave and, and Lee Fei got faster than you thought or, or took them longer than you expected? Um, what's in this room again? So definitely getting the music thing was pretty solid. Good job, Dave. Where are my notes for this room? What did I put in this room again? Um, I think that figuring out where to put the bottles in symmetrical order, that worked very nicely. Yes, you guys got that very quickly. Bill wasn't such a fan of that to the point where there's actually an extra hint elsewhere in the room telling you that that's what you're supposed to do. But you didn't need it. You didn't go after it. Yeah. So both of you, I don't know if you'd done something, but both of you were fairly clear that it was going to be a, a mirrored concept, that the left half was the right half, like you'd put an axis of symmetry in the middle. Do you know what made you think of that? Honestly, for me, it was just noticing that the the counts added up. The number of bottles that we had to use in the puzzle made that solution work. I really appreciate nothing. It. Nothing was uh, was giving me symmetry other than that. Hmm. If you the thing that was a clue is that if you had managed to open any of the bottles or look at the bottle lids that were hanging loose around in that box under the passenger seat, they had mirrors underneath them, like the uh, bottom sides of the lids yeah, were all mirrored, which was to give you an idea of, of symmetry and mirrors. But as it was, that's actually a very surprisingly tricky thing when you've got a pattern that you want them to, that you want guests to figure out and knowing how much is too much or too little information. Because Lee Fei, you you were pretty clear on that as well. Like you you said as immediately, like, yeah, that's what you were thinking. Is there anything that set it off for you? I was looking at the diagonals and 
because the A's want to diagonal, but then you can't diagonal yeah. the rest without changing direction, basically. Uh, okay, yeah. So it's sort of like if you wanted to keep, like it was the only pattern that made sense. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember when I was doing it, I had the same thought where I tried to figure out what is the only pattern, like from the information here, what is the only thing that we could guess or that I could work out that wasn't a guess? Like it was like these things fit into a, like a, a symmetry pattern because there was the single C and the single D on the right side, I think. Mm. And the only information I had about that C and that D is that they were like mirrors of the of that line. But to me, I thought it was it was going to be too hard. Like when we were playtesting it, I thought it didn't it, like it wasn't clear, so we added in this extra hint that you guys didn't need. So maybe I'm the fool. But apparently, what I do need to extra hint at, if I redo these notes in future, is this invisible ink holding it up to the light <laughs> thing, which to me made perfect sense because I have, have done, done that. We've done that in a real room where shining a light behind paper reveals the invisible ink on it, and. Apparently, I haven't used invisible ink enough times in my real life to know just how many different directions people's minds can go to with it. Because mm. Lee Fei, you had the same thought that I did, which was heat. I was gonna, I was saying fire, but but yeah, I'm used to the idea of like lemon juice and heat. Yeah, yeah. With ironed, I'm sure that with my kids, with ironed bits of paper, which is quite fun. Mm. Yeah, and UV as well is one that I've used. Uh, but I well, was—I I, I think I was with you when we did the one that you held up to the light. Well, that's because your first instinct when you playtested this bill was fire. And <laughs> you said, well, you know, because heat does it. And I said, are you sure it's the heat of the fire that reveals it? Mm. And then you went, well, what else is fire besides heat? That's and true. then eventually you remembered that it's also light. That was an interesting interaction. <laughs> uh, so was there anything you guys that you particularly liked or, or disliked if you want to be mean to us no don't be uh, mean <laughs> is there anything you particularly liked in that room something that stood out that was that was, was fun or made you feel good was there anything that you felt proud of accomplishing hmm. well dave solved that 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 banging puzzle pretty fast oh yes you got the music very quick we didn't mm. even have to get to finish doing the clue yeah that one that one clicked for me as I thought I thought all the puzzles were really well designed. I, I liked the the way they tied in the the theme between the 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 horror motif and the escape room feel. I was really well accentuated by the by the puzzle flow. Uh, I really I really enjoyed kind of the overall synergy um, as much as the individual elements. It's definitely not an easy thing, as I'm sure you know as well. I like your story progression that we got a bit more story as it went along. So we found out about Wesley. We learned his name, then we met him, and then we did something <laughs> terrible to him at the end that we didn't mean to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's actually an interesting point that I wanted to get in with. And Bill, you can join this discussion as well because yes. you have no further information. What did you learn about? I know it's the first episode, but I did slot in a surprising amount of little bits of story in here. And I wanted to I wondered if there was anything that you realized now that you mm. find out or that you learned along the way. Yeah, what do we know, guys? I'll join you cuz I've yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about the next chapters or anything further than this. So we do we had a ghost driver called Wesley. We know that we've got a driver called Wesley. Uh, Thank you to our listener and Patreon donor, Wesley. Yes, Wesley Wells. And we know that Mr. Culloden 
um, wasn't very nice to him would be my description. Wesley, pull yourself together and bangs in the glass. See, my thought was surely Wesley, like if if these are ghosts, right, I wonder if like that was Culloden because we know that Culloden died in a car crash, don't we? They said uh, the very in the phone call it was after Mr. Culloden's car crash. Yes, we didn't think there was any. So is this the crash? Is was Wesley driving erratically? So Culloden was knocking on the door from the inside. Was he the other ghost knocking on the glass from the inside, saying, "Wesley, you know what are you doing? You're driving like a maniac. We're gonna die." And then they probably did. Yeah. I wonder if Wesley was drunk at the wheel. Why would he be drunk? Uh, he drank all that alcohol oh. and put it under the seat? All those no, little bottles? Yes, box. that is true. There was drunk alcohol under the passenger seat. Maybe he was just drinking in the front seat and crashed, and that is why he can't bear to look at himself anymore. I he like feels it. guilty a- for crashing the car. Because we know that he was driving Culloden around that day because he had, the, um, he had the, the, the schedule for Mr. Culloden. Like 9 a.m. here, 2 p.m. here, 9 p.m., here, so we're it's a good probably, 18, It's a good twelve yeah. hours of driving. We'd be guessing that he's he's taking Mister Culloden to the lawyer right at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Sounds shady, but yeah. So as Drunk. I heard the, mm-hmm. as I heard the the really cool teaser, uh, I was uh, telling Danny before we recorded <laughs> the whole thing just smells to me of vampires. It it seems like maybe we have some kind of supernatural phenomenon going on in this Culloden family and they don't want these these heirs like Bill to be interfering with the the true estate uh, whether it is vampires or something else and mm. uh, I, was, I was trying to see if there were hints towards that in this episode and I didn't feel anything that was that was vampire itself but definitely vampires love limes <laughs> I did not know that. How about guava? <laughs> yeah, um, they love it. Any food that doesn't have garlic, they're happy with. I have the feeling that uh, people will be encountering those spirits in episodes to come. I like the interaction between the whole haunted house that ends up being truly haunted. Uh, fantastic foreshadowing. Can't wait to hear more <laughs> about that. Yeah, there's definitely ghosts. Definitely lots of ghosts. Um, like this, this seems like it'd be pretty no, interesting. No, I don't. I, Maybe there aren't I, lots of ghosts. Yeah, I think that it's actually fine. I think you captured the only ghost. <laughs> there was only one ghost, You're and done. we've done it. Yeah. Well, but someone's written Culloden's Keep Out, that, but that's probably just the Bill's minions. Probably just, probably just neighborhood society. kids. <laughs> nah, it's probably just some punk kids. You know. <laughs> um. It's interesting. I'm wondering, so so for me, and I don't know if you guys are the same, because we were talking about we expected you to die, right? Because you, you're our guests for this first episode, but presumably you're not our guest for the second episode. I haven't organized that. It's true. I could kill you off. I could yeah, kill you off I right wonder, now. I really... Turns out you die in hospital from your injuries. <laughs> well, I wonder what's going to happen between <laughs> episode one and two, because surely we need, we'll, we'll have new guests. I don't know if they're taking on your roles but being new people to play them, or whether or not you guys freak out and go home because of the ghosts and new people arrive. Well, that's why. Do the Culloden's have lots of descendants? That's why I thought Danny was going to kill us, and then they, you could bring in, mm. you know, investigators or something to figure out why we were dead. Yeah, just like a a clean a clean cutoff. <laughs> why aren't they back for episode two? Ah, oh, they're dead. 
So I'm really intrigued. Uh, Danny, I don't, presumably you're not going to give us any hints as to how that transition is going to happen. No. <laughs> I guess not. I guess you not. can't put me in a position where you're asking me this because I always want to tell everyone exactly how my stories are going <laughs> to go. This is killing me right now. Nice. You're like the producer on the the Talking Dead, squirming in the in the interview seat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I really want to tell you. Oh, I really want to say. Um, yeah. I actually I noticed because because Dave, you got that music question really quickly and then got caught trying to do the same thing effectively uh, on the note when you wanted to do the ninth letter, the second letter, the ninth letter and and, mm. and stick them all in. It's, it's, it felt like it was the same sort of idea, right? You're trying to take, oh, I've got like, where, where do the strongs fit? That's first and second letter. And then doing the same thing for the for the notebook. Um, and Lefe, you were saying that, that, you seem, that Dave just seems to do this. Was he trying to do that uh, for when he played through Kaya's world as well? Yeah, Dave loves to index, I've <laughs> discovered. So if you give him any numbers and, and, and a set of letters, he'll index like intuitively it's true <laughs> guilty as charged. It's, but it's a good but it's a good first thing we talk about this or do we talk about this maybe we just tell people this uh before episode recordings i don't know if we've ever said this on air um but it's one of those it's like it's good to have this sort of grab bag of puzzle solutions like when you see stuff you sort of tick them off in your head like is this indexing letters to numbers is this just alphabetical like you know 26 equals z and one equals A. Is this an acrostic? Is this, you know, and you try to go through all of these steps when you're solving puzzles. I find that's, that's like, it's kind of like the key to doing escape rooms well, being able to recognize those puzzle patterns. And that must be very interesting for real room owners or people who don't necessarily know the level of expertise of the players that are coming in. How much hint do you give at those sorts of things? Because I know that when we play with people like you who know exactly what you're doing, that I don't need to give hints for things like an mm. indexing system clue. You're going to be able to work out that it's there. It may not be your first guess, but it will definitely be one of your guesses. But that's certainly not the case for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those who know puzzles know that we, you know, you look for the recognizable patterns and then you try to extract something from the patterns. So when you see mm. sets of letters with numbers that accompany them, you know, indexing uh, just fits right in. Now, that's just one of, of many possibilities, but that mm. sort of mentality is always good for, for puzzles. Uh, but I, I love your point about the, the number of hints to give. And um, actually, as we talk about, you know, design of these episodes on the whole, I think it's one of the real strong points of Escape This Podcast is by having such an interactive GM in this format, you really can customize the experience to the participants at hand. You can start helps. harder. You can start more vague. And then you're right there to hold their hand as much as necessary. Or let us flounder for, for minutes on hand if you choose to, well, you know. But, uh. Exactly. Um, like with not spoiling my own story, it is sometimes hard if people are stuck. And I go, cool, is this a good kind of stuck? Or is this, I've screwed up in my puzzle writing stuck and I should explain everything to, everything to them right now? It's... It's tense, but it is good to have the ability to go in whatever direction is needed. Yeah. And I don't know if Li Fei, you noticed this when doing design, but 
you know, what I just said works really well when you think of your audience as just the people that are running the episode itself. You can customize those hints to them. But of course, the show is so much more than that. You've got all of the listeners that you want to make this a great experience for. You've got the people that are downloading the notes and trying to GM the rooms themselves. So as, as we, at least when I design it, I try to keep all of those audiences in mind so that even if I know I can handhold the guest at hand, I want this to be something that the, the listeners will enjoy just as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree, Dave. Trying to keep those multiple audiences in mind is tricky um, in terms of, of then thinking, well, someone's going to download your you know PDF of the games and somehow run it uh, and and the people they run it for might be very inexperienced and need uh, lots of signposting to get through. Mm. So I suppose this is this is our, our our natural transition into the other half of this episode, which is all three of you have designed rooms for this podcast. Danny, you've designed a couple, um, <laughs> and and Dave, you've done two different games for us, and and Leafa, you just did, uh, uh, and you've just done Kaya's World as well. Uh, so they're all, they're all different. They're all interesting. So I, I'm, I'm the one who hasn't who hasn't been designing. So I might I might try and ask this. So on this on that note, because uh, we're sort of talking about it now, that there's the level of interpersonal react, you know, where you can tailor your your hints to the person you're talking to when you're playing the game. What extent when when you've run the games on this show? Danny, you'll have a lot of this, but also but for, 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 we'll start with with maybe Lee Fay and, and Dave. How much is in your notes that you don't end up reading at all? How much is written out as these are the hints that I could give that you won't give straight away? Like, do you have those all written out beforehand to make it easier for people who download the games at home? So, so I can, we can start with with uh, Lee Fay. How much for the puzzles in Kaya's world? Was there a whole? Were there sections that didn't get read out in our episode because we didn't need the hints? I don't think so, actually. I think that um, maybe I should have written hints in to the the script, but I didn't. I barely really. ever do that either. Like yeah. you make it sound like such. Is it necessary? Maybe it's not necessary. Thing. There are a couple of times where in my GM's explanation section, I will say, and if they're having trouble, you could do this, but hopefully they'll get it from this. Mm. But honestly, not too much. I am hoping that whoever runs the episodes themselves at home can hint can themselves. Can do that. I suppose I that makes sense, right? Because the reader knows that the person running it has the answer mm. and they're going to know the person they're playing with. So having pre-written hints might not necessarily help. They just have to. They know the answer. They can hint however much mm. they want. I mean, from 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 playing other, uh, you know, like books or hunts with pre-recorded hints. If you think of them that way, they're often not helpful in that you read hint mm. one and Good you already point. know hint one, and you know hint two, and hint three, and then you're like at hint five before you. Yes. And so you're like, let's take hint, and then it's not helpful. So I don't know if <laughs> that is true. That is true. Helpful. A lot of puzzle games like. If you play like a Professor Layton game, or if you play a real escape room that has automated hint systems, that does happen. You you have to, you know, you, you go. Well, we know it's a box. Let's get a hint. Say, well, did you know that it's a box? Go, yeah, that's the only thing I did know. System, <laughs> stop telling me this. How about you, Dave? What's your experience with this? 
Yeah, for me, it, it's much the same. You know, as I'm designing, I try to think of logical actions that the the player might take, and even if they are not relevant to the solution, I try to script out a little bit of a response, maybe with a with a light clue. But like if um, they've done something wrong that you expected them to do. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Wrong only so much as oh, yeah. it's not on the exact solution commas. path, but it's a, yeah. a logical mm-hmm. thing to do. I might I might do a little steering um, with that. But just to keep the notes from getting too, too long, I don't write it all out. I do Absolutely. tend to have a, a whole world. You know, I, I, I love the narrative. I love the characters. And I've got I've got all these puzzles. And so in my head, I've got way more than ever makes it onto paper or, you know, into <laughs> what the NPCs are going to are going to put there. Um, mm. But as the as the creator GM, I can incorporate all of that in as needed. And mm. it's, you know, it, it, it would just be too much work to try to capture all that for a uh, for a downloader GM. Yeah. Both of you in your rooms did have NPCs that were very much helpers along the way, so they could be hint providers if need be. Did you find that helpful and easier, or was that somehow harder to write out as you went? I'll go first on that one, Lee Fei. On my first room, um, I was in control of my NPC, and so that was that was really good. It was a, a natural way to be able to interact with the with the players other than, you know, the GM's narration. So I thought that was a little mm-hmm. bit more real. The second one, I had um, the wonderful talents of Errol Elamir and, and Amanda Whitney doing um, voice acting, and they were fantastic. I should, if I was a normal person, I should have had complete faith in them, but I'm a <laughs> bit of a control freak when it comes to my puzzles. So honestly, having somebody else who in my mind at best read the script once and they're the ones who are <laughs> going to deliver these hints that was a little nerve-wracking they're awesome came out awesome but would i say that made it easier for me no no <laughs> i do i do have that sometimes uh on my end when i'm not playing and i decide to give a hint out of nowhere and sometimes danny looks at me with this look just like what do you say? Like, why are you saying this? That's what are you? What are you doing? And I feel really bad. I'm like, oh, no, oh I shouldn't I'm have gone s- off script. I'm sorry. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. She looked at me like, what? No, no, what? That doesn't help. <laughs> um, and and Lifa, you had you had uh, your your husband playing a robot. Yeah, and and you guys were we were all together for the recording. You would have seen me make faces at him when he decided to add the robot. <laughs> and we had play tested that room twice already by the time we run it so he did know it pretty well and you know i'm still making Mm. places but i think it works out okay Um, (laughs) it is fun to have someone else to interact with i think in the story Mm. i I remember distinctly uh when we were playing through your room for uh, for the actual podcast uh near the end there was a moment where we started talking about needing to use his beeps because for people who haven't listened uh, uh every time we completed a section of of your of Kaya's world, there was a series of beeps that got us to the next section, and so we were uh, trying to think. Oh, maybe we should use those beeps and turn them into something else. And we said something vague that was along the lines of, "Oh, uh, are we done with the beeps? As in, will there be more beeps given to us?" 
and uh, and Tim immediately said, "Yep, you're done with the beeps," knowing that we were trying to ask, "Are there more coming?" And I think you would interpret it as, "Have we solved them? Do we not need to look at them anymore?" And you and I saw you look at each other like, "They're not done with the beeps. What are you talking about? They're still going to solve the puzzle." And he was like, "No, but they're done." I just remember it very distinctly. Uh, in the, I can't remember if it made it to the final recording as a moment, but it was it was very funny at the time. It was one of those you were on slightly different wavelengths, so the clue seemed like it was completely leading us in the wrong direction. I suppose that's always the risk when there's somebody else giving hints. It's what I'm always worried I'm going to do. That's a really good example of that. Um, you, sorry, go on. You mentioned uh, playtesting as well in that, and that's actually coming back to the whole hint system and things like that. The more playtests you do, obviously, the more you're likely to see if people are getting stuck in the same spot. Mm. And then it doesn't so much mean that you set up a hint system for it, but you just go, okay, clearly something about the way I've written that isn't working. So now you've got me thinking that about the light in this room. Yeah, that is true. So the light thing was an interesting one that maybe on further, if we'd had more playtests, that might have been a puzzle that changed slightly. Yeah, or not even necessarily changed because I think holding a piece of paper up to a light is perfectly solid. Just something about the wording of it to Mm. make it more light inclined rather than heat inclined. So I'll have to have a think about that. It's still entirely possible that, you know, we should have gotten it and uh, you did, did have enough clues, but we just weren't on that wavelength. Yeah, and that's why playtesting is good, and I should do it more. <laughs> we should possibly do more playtesting. Because um, there was one that came up this episode as well, which was that when you wrote the room, uh, and when I playtested the room, neither of us noticed that cherry was a six-letter word. That's ridiculous. I don't know what happened. Uh, in the end, and for Doesn't people... matter. No, because but... in the end, and for, for people who've downloaded the notes, they will be published with a series of six beeps for cherry. And it's just as obvious when you have a set of of beats that are six five 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 and you have a set of things that have six and then five 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 letters it connects just as well and we've fixed the notes so that they do now have an extra beat in for the cherries but when we did it we literally didn't notice which was very funny (laughs) uh but things like that can just slip through i'm sure that's happened on rooms of ours previously as well at least once there was a terrible one uh, where there was an actual puzzle ruining one very early on where yes, I think it was I'd gotten my Fibonacci in wrong. Yeah, that was we, room four. So this is yeah, it was one of these moments where we're doing indexing, right? Where numbers went or not indexing. Uh, we were doing like a really basic number to letter cipher. You know, one was A, two was B, etc. Uh, and the letters were trying to give the Fibonacci sequence, uh, but Danny had just counted wrong. So instead of the 21st letter, it was the 20th letter. And we didn't notice on a couple of playtests. We'd done about three playtests for that room and no one noticed that the numbers didn't work because nobody kind of got to the fourth number and counted it. Uh, And it was perfectly fine until during the recording, our players went... Oh, is this Fibonacci? Well, one said, oh, no, it can't be Fibonacci. It definitely isn't. So let's move on. And and they just completely went done. And we had to be like, oh, no, what? what? We have to rewrite, redo the scene. Uh, That was pretty bad. But Danny, I'm impressed at how good. well you do, you know, pumping out these episodes one every two weeks to, to write puzzles and, and rooms as cleanly as you do is really impressive. Uh, <laughs> it's a testament to just how many moving parts are going on that even after beta testing, you, you need to expect that sometimes things are going to slip through. It's true. It's very true. I'm glad that it happens as irregularly as it does to the point where it still feels like an oh my god moment when it happens. Not, <laughs> Rather than, oh, uh, there we go again. <laughs> again. 
Yeah, we could, I could definitely say that, you know, I couldn't make one every two weeks, not not without doing anything else in my life. So, <laughs> <laughs> How long did it take each of you to design your rooms? I'm actually quite interested to hear, because I've heard you guys, Danny, talk about her process. I'm quite interested to hear about mm. Dave's process in terms of, you know, how he yeah. puts a room together. Yeah, very similar to Danny. You know, I'll, I'll start with an overall theme and then move on to the plot and the basic narrative. Uh, I think that these things should be narrative driven and the puzzles mm-hmm. follow that. Then I'll, I'll kind of come up with my big hitter puzzles um, that I think are going to yeah. be the most fun. And from there, I flesh out the, the room, flesh out the remaining puzzles, see where I am, kind of look at the big picture, same as I would do for any kind of more involved uh, puzzle design process, such as a, a puzzle hunt or an adventure or, or something like this. Just kind of look at the big picture. This is where I would do my my kind of Scott Nicholson ask why. You know, why is everything in there? Is it is it serving an important purpose? Whether the theme, the puzzle, the the overall fun factor, uh, make sure it fits. Um, I usually have gone way long at that point, so I, <laughs> I take that as an opportunity to trim. Uh, I'm I mean, usually just. The weakest 20% is going to hit the cutting room floor at that time. And then I kind of put the pieces back together, polish it up and, and begin my testing. That's so solid. And like, mm. it feels like a very educated, almost academic way of approaching it. I feel incredibly free form <laughs> and a bit scattered compared to that. I feel like for you, Danny, puzzles usually end up uh, near the end. Oh, yeah. Puzzles are dead last. I start with objects and then I go, okay, well, it makes logical sense for this room to have 17 pens and two pencil sharpeners. How do you make a puzzle out of that? <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's not a bad idea to start coming up with the puzzles at an earlier stage so they're mm. not just completely haphazard like some of mine can well, be. Uh, well, Lee Fay, your, your room structurally was very different. Mm. Than, than stuff that, that Danny's done and stuff that, that Dave's done. Uh, did you did that come from a different process to, to create it? Did, how, how did that change how you put it together? So I started with wanting to achieve three things. I wanted to tell a story and I wanted the puzzles to forward the story in a way. So that was mm. my first thing. The second thing is I wanted it to be good audio because it's for a podcast. So I, I, I tried to nice. think of things which might make good audio puzzles or be sound puzzles rather than um, like a piece of, you know, something very visual. And and the third thing is that I, I wanted to minimise searching um, because I'm not good yes. at it. <laughs> because I'm no good at it, essentially. So I there was almost no searching in, in the room at all. Um, and because of yeah, that, then we ended up with a very linear room um, where uh, each each answer, each solution. I wanted each solution to 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 forward the story on. Mm. I think work. what you did really well was actually something that I was talking about with some people um, when we were at Up the Game, which is, and you actually did this very well, um, better than I think most people who design escape rooms do, which was often with escape rooms, people talk about mixing story in with puzzles. But the way they do that is to have story exist sort of, despite the puzzles like you have a narrative and then puzzles happen and the closest people usually get is to use these puzzles to gate more information 
when you solve it, it unlocks the box that then tells you some more information. Whereas you did what I think the industry as a whole needs to move to, which is having the physical act of solving puzzles and the, and the, the, the actual puzzles themselves give you more information about the characters and the information about like who they were and what the story was. It wasn't that you solved puzzles to get information, but when we were doing things with, with her favorite, uh, her favorite candy or, or the, or the, or the code between her and her sister, you know, we, the, the act of solving those puzzles taught us more about the characters and more about the situation. And it's something that's really hard to do with narrative and puzzles that I think you've managed really well with, with the way your room is put together. Oh, thanks, Bill. And I mean, I, I think that Daddy did that in today in the room that we just played with Wesley as well, that that some of the puzzles around Wesley um, did tell us about him as well. Like, why is he so upset mm. with himself? Why can't he bear to look at himself <laughs> anymore? We don't know that yet, but that's a, a bit of information that we've got about his character, which was a puzzle at the same time. Mm. I think it... It, yeah, it, it, it was it was definitely done well in this in this one as well. <laughs> How long? Because these are more one-off cases, so you you probably get to spend a bit more time of them. How long exactly did it take each of you to write your rooms? So, I I'd say I come up with the majority of it in. It's hard to say. I would say I come up with eighty percent of it of the content in in one sitting but then the remaining 20 percent of the refinement writing out all the scripts that's really where it takes that's where where the work happens mm -hmm. so i would say probably four or five sittings on the whole okay, plus that's plus beta testing pretty similar to mine i'm surprised mm. Your, yours feels so much more refined <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and Lee Fei, how long did it take you to I, I would say probably well? the same number of sittings, but I probably spent a lot of time kind of with bits of paper thinking about stories and how it could work together beforehand. So I'm, I think I was probably mm. saying to you guys, oh, I'll write your room, and I was playing with it for a month or so, and then I went, oh, we've got a date. I better write the room. <laughs> 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 and then I wrote the room in a couple of weeks, but by that stage I had kind mm. of like bits of puzzle and you know, on a scrap of paper and a bit of story on another scrap of paper and stuff like that. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That, yeah, lots of lots really of car rides, talking to uh, the steering wheel, and you know, shower thoughts <laughs> and different things where the where the oh, inspiration. Oh yeah, hits. I know that feeling well. <laughs> yeah, this is really interesting. I'm really surprised to hear exactly how similar a lot of our experiences have been. It's more than I expected. Um, all right, wonderful. Well, we might start to call it there. Uh, thank you. Unless, unless there's anything else you wanted to, to say or to ask Danny before we finish up the episode. Or Bill, you're important. Or too. me. You can ask me cool questions. I'm a cool guy. Oh, I could keep you guys forever, <laughs> but uh, I think we've covered some good ground there. Yeah, lovely. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for coming on and playing through the room. You guys did really well. Uh, it was a very nice start for this season. And um, here's hoping that you survive. Yeah, well, we'll see what well, happens. I, I know I, I, I've got to. You've got to annoy me. I, I have. A, I have one final thought, which is that it's actually quite difficult for me to swap between being a player in an interactive way, having fun mode, and solving puzzles mode. <laughs> and I have different voices as well from when I'm solving puzzles to I'm playing, <laughs> and it's very difficult to swap between the two. Whereas when I'm in an escape room, if 
other people are solving. I can just be in player mode the whole time and I just let everyone else solve. So thank, thank you, Dave, um, mm. for, for doing most of the solving so I could mostly be player mode. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> so you could just be scared of ghosts. Exactly. <laughs> um, I love that. Well, wonderful. Thank you guys you for coming on. Uh, and thank you again for the rooms that you wrote. Uh, we've got another free, uh, uh, another uh, season of 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 standalone episodes coming up in the latter half of the year. And if you ever have more that you've written and want to bring on, we'll be happy to play through them. Um, they're they're very good. Uh, so thank you for that. It was really uh, it was really nice, uh, especially Dave, because it was in our first season and it was kind of out of nowhere. It was this this oh someone's actually like writing these and and making their own. It was very exciting to have you on. Uh, and I was really glad to be able to have you back. And Lee Fei, you did such a spectacular room. It was really great to have you just ha- have this come to us. And I know we've had some other people who've sent us emails about it as well. Uh, we actually played through a room written by someone, not for the podcast, but one that they'd written that we got to play, which was really great. So uh, it's it's really nice to see people putting these together. And it was really great for you guys to do it publicly, to push that for other people playing. Uh, so thank you for that. My pleasure. Uh, all right. Well, that brings us to the end of this new show. I hope people are enjoying the format. Um, if people do have any other questions that we didn't really address, we'll be doing this every uh, between each episode. Uh, if you do have questions for Danny or for me or for, for anyone else, uh, send them to us in an email. We'll read them on the show and answer them. Uh, you can email us at escapethispod at gmail.com. Uh, if you have anything you want to know about uh, Danny's process or, or what sort of puzzles were coming up or, or things that we've done in the past, Send us an email and we'll see if we can get uh, we'll we'll get it onto the episode and, and and answer it and I'll ambush Danny with it so she'll have to oh, come good. up with an answer on the spot. Excellent, my uh, favorite. Other than that, you can follow us on on Twitter. Uh, we're at Ask This Podcast. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Uh, come join us. Uh, you can join us uh, on our Patreon as well. We have bonus episodes up, murder mysteries that I solve as various French detectives. Uh, we've we've got pins and badges. There should be a new pin coming soon. Uh, may already be out by the time this episode is, but we'll we'll look forward for that. That's for ten dollar donors and patrons appear in each episode. Uh, last episode for the start of Descent of the Culligans, the we, key player was Wesley. Driver Wesley yes. uh, from Donor Wesley Wells. But there were also little bit mentions who may return, which was Mike and Katrina, the names of the Culligans, and that's Mike Barsky and Katrina. Forgive my pronunciation, Katrina Kivamaki. So thank you so much, and hopefully we'll see those characters again. All right, wonderful. Thank you, everybody. It was great to have you on. We'll see you next week, listeners. <laughs>